Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. To access previous episodes and useful strata tips, go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. Hello and welcome. I'm Amanda Farmer and I have with me today Rena Van Aust from Strata Central. Hi, Rena. Hi, Amanda. How are you? I'm doing well. I am very recently returned from a short break with my family, had a little mid-year sojourn, which was oh. very enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, I think it actually does help to have a break during the year, Amanda, especially towards the middle And it's all going by really fast, so make sure you enjoy it. Indeed, that is the plan. And that's why I'm here chatting to you, because I love doing this. Yeah, me too, Amanda. (laughs) Let's jump into your challenge for this week, Rena. Yeah, so this is a very interesting challenge, Amanda. There's one that I've never really encountered before, I must say. But we inherited a scheme, I think, which reluctantly had appointed us because there was a lot of factions in the, in the building and it was just one of those things where one of the owners decided to put us forward and a number of owners had put other agents forward and, you know, we were appointed. So the first AGM that we had with them last year, a lot of people had not received the levy notices from the prior manager because that manager was actually managing them even though the agency agreement had expired, but I won't go into that aspect of of the subject or the topic. I'll just focus on the levy arrears. So basically, owners had not received their levy notices. Obviously, the agent couldn't have done that. But in the accounts, the levies had been issued. So everyone was technically in arrears. Mm -hmm. So of course, you know, this is a few months after we took over and we, the chairperson said, well, obviously we didn't get our levy notices, even though, again, it's, it's another subject where you don't have to get one to actually get it to be liable to pay your levies. Anyway, so at that AGM, they passed a resolution that all owners were required to pay all levies that had been determined up to 31 March 2018 within 30 days, but that no interest would be incurred until 30 June 2019. Now, I don't know how that could be forward as a motion but it was and it was it was actually adopted it wasn't on the agenda either so and there was no special resolution and it said in the minutes also that the dates for payment for all levies determined the meeting from 1 april 2018 onwards would be paid in accordance with the advice from the lawyer which obviously was not forthcoming in the sense that the lawyer couldn't say that the contribution is not due 30 days after the due date. So we, never, we didn't receive that advice, Amanda. So one year later, some people have not paid one cent at all in levies. Um, those include some of the committee members. And we also passed a motion at the AGM, which I think most managers may be aware of. It seems to be a, a motion that everyone seems to have adopted, where that the motion is that the owners' corporation resolve for the purpose of collecting levy contributions, interest and recovery costs to authorise a strata managing agent and or the committee to do all things necessary to commence and maintain debt recovery proceedings, et cetera. And there's like a whole from A to F of different powers that the committee and or the agent have. Mm -hmm. So my challenge is, Amanda, we haven't done anything because we've been waiting until the 31st of March 2018. And then the the treasurer finally said to us, well, I want you to issue letters to all those that haven't 
paid their levy. And I said, well, yeah, but there's a levy arrears fee for that. And then she said to me, well, that should be paid for by the owners corporation. And I said, no, why should the owners corporation fund the owners that actually haven't paid their levy? So my question to you, Amanda, and the challenge that I have is, are we able, pursuant to that resolution that says that the managing agent and or the committee, so it doesn't actually say it has to be and, it can be and or. So does that authorise the agent now as us to proceed with the normal debt recovery resolutions as per the AGM minutes? Yes, I think it does. And that's why that motion exists. That's the owners corporation resolving to give you the agent and or the committee the authority to take that step. I don't think that you need anything else. My bigger concern in that scenario would be whether or not the levies have been properly struck. Are you comfortable that they have yeah, been? Yeah, they were probably struck at meetings where the agent did have the authority when they were the agent. So the AGM was held in November 2018 and that was the meeting at which the agent's delegation um, ceased at the end of that meeting. And so therefore after that they had no agent for about six months mm-hmm. and that's when all those levies, I think it was a number of quarters. Do you know why the committee members or anybody really is not paying their levies? They know they're due? No. I mean, some have paid and some haven't paid not even a dollar. So I just to sort of get your advice. Yeah, because on one view, even though you as the managing agent may have the authority to commence debt recovery proceedings, why would you without the instruction from the committee? Um, what's in it for you? Well, that's, <laughs> that's my question because, I mean, we do have a resolution to authorise a managing agent to do so. Now, if you're an owner in that scheme and you say, well, and you're looking at this resolution, it doesn't say that the committee has to do it. It says and or the committee. So would the owners, Amanda, have a right to say, well, hang on, Rena, you're the agent. You had that authority to start getting these levies collected. That has been delegated to you as one of the functions. This is why there's a bit of a dilemma, Amanda, which is why I've thought, well, Do we, don't we? Yeah. Well, it's not, as far as I understand that motion, it's not framed in the mandatory that you must, in the event of levy arrears, that you must take these steps. There is nothing that directs you to exercise your authority. Yes, you have it, but you still have the discretion. Do I exercise it or not? Yeah, and that's why, Amanda, I haven't. We haven't for that purpose because we think there's there's no instruction. It's only now, nearly a year later, that the Treasurer has asked us to issue letters, just reminder letters. And that's what I'm asking. So, and also like this resolution about not paying interest till 30 June 2019, at the moment we're not charging interest on those levies that haven't Mm. been paid. So, yeah, because June 19 is still to come. So you do have an instruction from the Treasurer to issue reminder letters or arrears notices. Okay. And and we've done that and we've charged a lot of owners. I said to her the day, you know, let's, if there's an argument about it, we'll, we'll deal with it at the time. But And are you seeing any traction from those notices? Is anyone paying up? Um, I think one person has paid something, but we're talking about levies that haven't been paid for nearly 18 months. So, mm. you know, we're talking about large amounts of money. Even if it wasn't a huge budget, it's such a long period of time, Amanda, that levies haven't been paid. And, of course, you've got those that are paying on time, mm. you know, the cash flow is yeah, subsidising those that haven't been. So, yep. Is the Treasurer in a position to give you an instruction to take the next step, which would be to issue a letter of demand? Well, I'm sure that she would be. Obviously, I think there is conflict within that strata committee also. So mm. uh, it's one of those things where you just have to sort of 
wait every time something you're asked to do something. So yes. yeah, we'll just wait and see. But I'm glad I managed that there's nothing that compels us as managing agents to go beyond doing what the treasurer's asked us to do. Yeah, I would just for the sake of protecting yourself, I'd make sure that you do have a committee instruction to take steps and that they're not just unilateral steps, even though you probably are covered by that motion. Mm. Um, It doesn't mandate, it doesn't force you to take steps. It gives you the authority to take the steps, but I would do that with instruction from at least a committee member. Yeah, but I, I was thinking about it, I should just send the normal reminder letters anyway, the, the 30, 60, 90. Yeah. I, mean, I think that that's something that, I mean, I've done the first one. We've done the first one. But yeah, we haven't for sure. Ones. And I think we should be able, those things are not, we're not starting proceedings. So. And I imagine that's a normal thing that you do for buildings anyway as part of your yeah. services yeah. is to issue those reminder letters. Yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and most strata schemes would be horrified to see that, as an agent, we haven't followed people up that haven't actually, you know, and we also get, has that person paid? Have you followed that person up? So it's usually the other way around. But in this case, it's something happening that um, we're sort of not aware of and I'm sure there's a lot more to it than meets the eye. But anyway. Mm, there always is, isn't there? Mm. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that, Rena. I'm going to jump into my challenge for this week uh, and it's a challenge that has been faced by a client of mine and it's a really, to me, odd, bizarre situation. I don't know if you've experienced this before, Rena, but my clients were the victims of a flood back in uh, towards the end of last year when we had some torrential rains in Sydney and their ground floor apartment had some very severe flooding. It was a horrible day for them and many others in Sydney. Mm. And they uh, very quickly and proactively engaged with their contents insurer, engaged with the owners corporation, the strata manager, and the Owners Corporation's building insurer and kicked off that process of lodging insurance claims, uh, getting the necessary emergency work done at their property to make sure that they could move back in because basically they had to move out for a short time. It was so bad. Oh, dear. And we're now about five or six months past the flood event Mm. and the Owners Corporation's building insurer has taken that length of time to send out one of their builders that sits on their their panel of builders that they send out to um, inspect claims and produce a comparative quote for work that still needs to be done in the apartment. Now, the assessor went out very promptly within a few days of the event and produced a report and then the insurer had a process where they needed to send their contractor to quote for the work that needed to be done and that has taken about five or six months. Oh, that's ridiculous, Amanda. So, Notwithstanding numerous follow-ups from me and from the lot owners, and we're not quite sure where the breakdown was, but it may have been between the committee and the strata manager or could have been even between the strata manager and the insurer that the communication just wasn't being passed on. Very, very frustrating and I was just beside myself to think that someone could be left in a situation where their home has not been put back into the uh, state that it should be in after a catastrophic flood. So I have a few questions Amanda Mm. after you've just mentioned that particular fiasco I would call it. 
Is there a broker that's, does the Owens Corporation have an insurance broker? Yes, there was a broker. And one piece of information that I haven't shared with you, which does explain some of the delay, is that this building changed strata managers towards the end of last year. And I, I think it was even around December. And of course, then there was Christmas as well. And the change in strata managers meant there was a change in broker. Well, now that's a very interesting point you make because uh-huh. I don't know when the policy would have expired because normally you inherit a building a matter from another manager, but the insurance policy may not expire for another three months, six months, or they may have just renewed their insurance. So why would that have happened? Was it to do with the fact that I don't understand why a new broker would have been appointed unless the policy had actually expired and the new agent had engaged a different broker? Well, as far as I'm aware, the policy had not expired or was not around that end of date. But isn't it possible that the new strata manager did not have a relationship with the broker that the old strata manager was using? And as I think we've discussed before on the podcast, don't they need to have some kind of arrangement? They do, with the yeah. They do have to have to either be a distributor or an authorised representative. That's only to get commission, Amanda. That's not. You can still undertake insurance claims. Wow. You don't have to be an authorised representative as far as I'm aware, for for insurance claims. So they didn't have to change brokers? Yeah, as far as I'm aware. um, Mm. Oh, well, some managers out there will let us know what they're used to. Um, I think that was a really big cause of the delay because I was attempting to communicate direct with the insurer through the broker and then, of course, one day I ring the broker and they say, no, we don't have this policy under our brokerage anymore. It's been shifted over to this new broker and then I'm on the the ring around with that broker as well. Mm. So, But if the insurers remain the same, you you would imagine that therefore – they still have carriage of the claims. It's still mm-hmm. the same assessor that has been appointed. Yes. Not the insurer appoints the assessor. But I think part of my experience, Amanda, as a manager is that there are some brokers that really push and push and, mm. and follow up insurance claims. And there are ones where in one particular one, I think I've got one similar to yours, the issue isn't flood damage, so it's not as bad, but it's been going on since December. And we keep continually following it up with the broker. And then each time, there's a different person responding. So the personnel keep changing within the brokerage. And then we're given different advice saying, you know, in one case, I thought the owner was going to get a quote. And I mean, it's going on now. Yeah, similar period to what you're talking about mm. because of the broker. I mean, yes. as far as I'm aware, I don't know what the, how, what the insurer. And I think maybe sometimes people aren't aware that as a lot owner, you have the right to contact the broker directly. You don't have to actually go through the committee or the strata manager. So maybe that might work to expedite the thing, Amanda. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely something that we were trying. Uh, I do know exactly what you say there, Rena, about certain brokers being better than others and certain staff members within the brokerage or the uh, insurance company. We eventually got some traction when the new strata manager said, hey, I've got a relationship with so-and-so. He's not the one managing your claim, but I'll give him a ring and see if he's able to find out what in the world is happening. And the minute that happened, then this new person came on board and said, yep, it's under control. I'm doing A, B, and C. And you just think, why does it have to be who you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's just not fair. And why do my clients have to go to the expense of engaging me to then communicate with three different people exactly. to get only what they're entitled to? This is not a complicated issue. No. And I think, Amanda, for owners corporations, if you look at your financial expenditure in any year, the insurance premium is one of the highest ones in terms of expenses that an owners corporation faces. And when you get this sort of service, when the mm. broker is also getting a commission, 
you know, from the insurer. So it's not just the stratamander that's getting a commission, also the broker's getting a commission. And you think, well, what are we paying for? Like, you know, mm. these people are all, you know, getting money and yet they're not providing the service. Yep. Very frustrating. But uh, as of this week, we seem to have had some traction and hopefully going in the right direction. Uh, but no doubt talking about this issue will agitate a number of people out there to contact <laughs> us as people do to say, yeah, we experienced this too. And it's uh, not good. No, definitely not good. Mm. All right. Let's talk about lighter things. What has been your win for this week, Rena? Well, this is a really fantastic win, Amanda, because this strata scheme has had a problem with a particular lot owner, not allowing them access into the garage where there's been a leak. It's been going on for a long, long time. An order from NCAT was obtained, and even then the order wasn't complied with initially. But finally, when that particular owner engaged a lawyer, thankfully that owner must have been told by the lawyer they have to give access. It's not actually discretionary or, you know, I gave it to you back then and now it's time's over. Mm. And um, finally, we got into the garage. So, we're so excited. <laughs> finally, this has actually happened. And, and I know people might think, oh, well, you know, so what? But we know as corporations have been spending a lot of money going back and forth to NCAT, raising levies to, to pay for legal fees to be able to do this. I think it's a great victory for that. And hopefully, we'll, we'll now be able to fix the leak that actually is a burst pipe, which is what we always thought was the case. But again, when you don't have access, it's hard to um, undertake any repairs mm. and maintenance to common properties. So yeah, very happy, Amanda. Finally, mm. it happened. <laughs> good, good news there. And what's interesting, I think, Rena, from that example is that this lot owner receives some advice and I imagine it was from someone uh, who understands strata law. Uh, yes, or, a strata lawyer. Yeah. And, yeah. and sometimes that's what it takes. It's that extra level of education, if you like, for owners to understand this is how it works in this part of the world. This is why the owner's corporation has a right to go into your property. This is what this order from the tribunal means. And if you don't comply with it, this is what could happen. Once owners are armed with and have the benefit of that kind of advice and guidance, then these issues can be resolved quite promptly. That is often my experience, that when a good lawyer gets involved, then we have a resolution. Yeah. Well, I don't think it has to be necessarily a good lawyer. I think just having a lawyer because sometimes when people, Amanda, are unrepresented, they don't know the law. And Mm. it's like, I suppose, in normal litigation, you know, they're always given, you know, far more leniency at the tribunal, I find, because they're not they don't have a lawyer advising, so they're given, you know, more time. doesn't matter they haven't complied with, you know, putting things in, in order and numbering pages, et cetera. So at least in this case when that owner finally engaged a lawyer and then obviously he listened to his lawyer, which is fantastic. Yep, good result there for you and for that building. Switching over to my win for this week, I have been helping an owner who has an investment property that is on the top floor of a building and it is an older building and the roof has been leaking. Very common problem. Very common problem, leaking membranes. (laughs) That's right. And this owner's tenants actually had to move out because there was water coming into their bedroom and dripping on them while they were in bed at night. Oh my God. And there was significant... um, 
mold growing. And the tenants, of course, nobody likes to see mold. And tenants were very concerned about their health when it came to this stuff that was spreading rapidly. And of course, uh, simply having water coming into your home is not a good idea. So the tenants had terminated the lease and had moved out. That was some months ago. And my client had been communicating with the owners corporation through the strata manager, trying to get a fix in place so that the property could be cleaned and could be rented again. And of course, week after week of an empty investment property, there is lost rent that is mounting up. So unfortunately, for quite some time, my client did not get anywhere with the owners corporation. They were quite convinced that this was a matter of simply properly ventilating and cleaning the unit. Mm. They didn't seem to accept that there was a problem with the membrane. And to the extent there may have been water leak, they felt that they had fixed that up with some patchwork and some temporary repairs. But we had provided some evidence from a roofing expert that showed that the leak was still ongoing and that the entire roof membrane needed replacement. Now, we did commence the tribunal process with mediation and I might have talked about this mediation a few episodes ago and we did get a few steps in the right direction. But the particular win I have to report today is that at the AGM for this building, which was a couple of weeks ago, they have finally resolved to replace their roof membrane in its entirety. So a big job, uh, going to cost a fair bit of money, but Mm. they've accepted that it needs to be done. And that's been a real change of position where previously they said, no, we've got another five years of this roof. We'll just do the the patch repair. They finally agreed it needs to be done and they're taking steps to issue that work order, which is great. And so now the remaining issue is my client's loss of rent claim. So we are now entering into some discussions, let's say, with the Strata Committee about reimbursing my client for having her investment property empty for some time. Oh dear, it's not a good thing. So it's a great win, Amanda, because I think that many schemes that we manage have this problem with the roof membrane. Mm -hmm. It's not uncommon. But I think what is probably uncommon is when strata committees try and not deal with the actual reality of the expenditure that's needed to, Mm -hmm. to fix it. So sometimes we've had occasions where, you know, you don't know about it because the tenant hasn't told their agent and then after the affliction of some time and a lot of damage, then you find out, Amanda. But on the whole, I think sometimes people don't want to do the work, the strata committees, because they're concerned about the expenditure. They may not have the funds and they may have to raise a special levy. Mm. But we all know from the Act that we have to repair and maintain common property. It's such a true provision in the Act. And I think this is a good lesson for all committees and owners out there. And they're costing you a lot more. And now, as you said, Amanda, there's going to be a damages component to mm-hmm whole process, loss of rent and perhaps damage to people's contents that has to now be addressed, which could have been sort of mitigated had they just undertaken the work in the first place. Yep, absolutely. And this is a, a claim that increases by the week. So I know sometimes, and look, I'm on a strata committee, I know how hard it is to keep mm. up sometimes with what's going on in the building and the requests that are made by lot owners and the various decisions you've got to make. But putting your head in the sand and hoping that it'll go away or it'll get better <laughs> is not the solution. As uh, you say, Rena, it does get worse over time, whether that's because of property damage or whether that's because of a, a lost rent claim. We do need to be really 
really careful that when owners are saying, hey, there's a problem, that we are taking the steps we need to take to fix it. Exactly. And sometimes you may need to get more than one opinion, you know, on the matter. You may need to engage an engineer. This is sometimes the matter because sometimes when you have contractors coming to give you advice, obviously, you know, they have a vested interest in telling you something that perhaps may not need to be done. So if you're concerned, and we had this issue in another scheme where we end up getting an engineer because we had three different quotes saying the repair should be done in three different ways, obviously all costing a lot of money, an engineer come in, assess the whole situation and then give a specification and then we put that specification out and yes. we got those requoted again. So that's another way that a strata committee may consider if they're not really sure what the problem is, if they're being told conflicting or different advice from contractors. Mm, really good tip there. Yeah. Okay, another jam-packed episode. Love that one. Yeah. Thank you, Rena. I will uh, catch up with you again soon. Anything to add before we wrap up? Nothing, Amanda. Catch you next time. That is it. See you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today?